0: Welcome to Growth Island, your go to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. Thank you so much for tuning in again today. Today, we're going to talk about the gut. So that's one of the newest and hottest things, or not that new actually, but very hot in the health center. And I got with me, Tina Jørgensen. Mm-hmm. Tina Jørgensen, she has a master of science in clinical nutrition. We're going to get more into what that actually is. She's the co-founder of Roots Clinic. Roots Clinic, she runs together with a Danish doctor that's famous from TV as he has been running a program, Can You Eat Yourself Healthy? She also uh, has some education from for the Functional Medicine Institute
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah. teaches and do lectures on the gut and is known for being expert on the gut. So poop and everything that that comes with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, Tine, thank you so much for coming in.
1: Thank you. It's nice to be here.
0: Tine, what is a Master of Science in Clinical Nutrition?
1: It's an education where you consider disease mm-hmm. and then you consider the role of nutrition both in terms of how you might actually treat something, or if you if you if you have to change your nutrition because of a disease, so it works both ways mm. in a preventative uh, way, but also in a in a treatment way, um, and that's the sp- special thing about the clinical um, aspect that it's not just looking at the nutrients like in general health terms; it's it's looking at them in speci- in like in in um, in relation to specific diseases. Mm. So that could be, for example, a gut disease. And mm. how might you change your diet or your nutrition to accommodate um, to that or to uh, to actually um, help it out or to, to treat it or to make it, it better? Mm. Yeah. Or so, worse. <clears throat> yeah,
0: yeah. True. So you are known for knowing a lot about the gut and the microbiome. How did you get Apparently. into all of that? <laughs>
1: um i think because it's not it's not like it's a gut health education the clinical nutrition of course it's a it's a big aspect because i mean gut health is a is a major part of of nutrition because you have to digest and you have to absorb uh, the food and that's really the first place it starts so of course it's a, it's a major thing but it's not a, a, an education no in of itself um, but it's always been an interest for me and when i say always it's probably Probably started around, I don't know, eight, ten years ago, maybe, um, when I finished the Danish um, high school yeah. gymnasium. Um, and I started to go in this nutrition way. I think it probably started when my mom was diagnosed with um, bowel cancer. Yeah. And that turned the interest to the gut. And um, she's she's well today. <laughs> Good to hear. Um but but that I, I think I kind of quickly got the notion that so much is going on there and a lot has to do with that. And um, that connection between your gut and everything else, hmm. or at least a lot of things, you, you just don't have in your gut. So like your skin or external things. Yeah. Um, and I think that relation is just so fascinating. And it's, it's, uh, it's interesting how you can m- modulate that, how you can manipulate that to get an outcome in a totally different place of course also in the the gastrointestinal tract but but i think it's just it's just the core of many things Hmm. so i think that that spikes the the interest
0: so i find it super fascinating Mm -hmm. when i first heard about it and i heard about poop Mm -hmm. i was like that's freaking disgusting (laughs) (laughs) i was like you're telling me that i have to look at my poop Mm -hmm. i'm like
1: that's pretty disgusting.
0: <laughs> but after, the, like, not digging more into it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> actually digging more into it,
0: yeah. But uh, looking more into it, figuring out how connected it is to your entire mm-hmm. health. Mm-hmm. And it's actually for all of the biohackers or people interested in health, it's one of the easiest markers that you have on a daily basis, mm-hmm. hopefully, yeah, to see how you're feeling.
1: It is biohacking to take a look at it. Yeah. And when you're saying, like, <clears throat> and we're laughing of digging into it, I mean, if you think about what it is, I mean, like, on the molecular (laughs) um uh, like plan it's it's you know it's it's molecules of course but it's a Mm. whole lot of bacteria and what we're going to talk about today as well but it's water and it's it's dead bacterial cells and it's a dead or food stuff we can't absorb or couldn't Mm. use for anything so it's you know it has it has gotten this taboo Mm. um and something we for a long time i think haven't been spoken a lot about and kept to ourselves so i think a part of my um mission is to uh, sort of bring it out in the open and not be it, it ha- doesn't have to be a taboo because it's so important and yeah. it's it's an it's a health indicator for many things
0: and there's so much research coming out whether it's yes. connected to depression <sighs> or so many other things
1: yeah, so yeah, yeah. definitely definitely i mean f- for the past 10 years it's just been uphill and i think it's still continuing yeah in that way i mean there's n- literally almost nothing you can't find a research paper about that it not, maybe didn't find you know a clear connection but something has been studied in that relation right so um yeah
0: i saw new papers. well i think it was alzheimer parkinson mm. where they're starting to see some yeah, yeah. some strong connections that's, so not, that's
1: almost not even news anymore
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: but yeah yeah. so
0: it's everything from alzheimer depression the obesity mm-hmm. to <clears throat> autoimmune diseases to your general energy and your mood and so on
1: exactly yeah so if, and ca- if the axis you know we have several different yeah axis to divide it in that way there's the gut brain axis got skin axis got hormonal axis and you know it just explains the different connection there yeah. could be and we can have diseases in all those places or all those organs or systems and if there is any relation to the gut in that way it might make sense to look in that direction and see hey can we What's going on in the gut and does mm. it does it affect uh, a disease in any other organ, for example?
0: Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So if people kind of, if they didn't know already, but now they know that the gut is really important. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I find challenging is like, what do you actually do about it? So there's something about you can eat a lot of different food that's good for your gut. Mm-hmm. And then there's these probiotics. And so I take different supplements and probiotics are some of them. Mm-hmm. What is probiotics and how do you go about it?
1: I wish we had more than, uh, than this time <laughs> to explain it. Um, it's just a chapter in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but the short, shorter story is that probiotics is bacteria. Hmm. And in our gut, let's just take a brief description of um, of the microbiome. So yeah. the gut microbiome is a lot of many different microorganisms. It's bacteria, it's parasites, it's fungi, it's... Uh, it's a, a, a archaea. It's a methanogens. It's it's a, a lot of different microorganisms, yeah. and they live there in a synergy with us. And actually, they outnumber us in you know human cells. So you might ask if we if are we humans or are we mm. <laughs> just carriers of, of organisms? Um, but um, so, so we have all these microorganisms, and some of them are bad. Mm. Some of them are good, and some of them are in between. And they can be either or. Um, and probiotics is sort of the same or in the same category as our good microbes in our gut. Mm. But then probiotics is just the sort of the, what can you say, the, the com- commercial term for it. Yeah. So if we take the term in and of itself, probiotic, it has to be actually the product has to be um, or the bacteria um, has to be defined as something that's been... Um, showing a health benefit, like, on the host. So okay. so you, you, you're actually not really allowed to call it a probiotic if it hasn't shown a health benefit on the host. So that's the definition of a probiotic. But that's <clears throat> not what we see on the shelves. That's no. not what we see when we see probiotic products yeah. because they haven't, per definition, all shown, you know, a, a health a benefit. benefit. Um, so, but that's just to say that that's the that's the commercial definition of it. But yeah. probiotics, you you can you can relate that to the good microbes in your gut because they already many of them live in your gut already, yeah. and some of them has been sort of um, grown externally and and then uh, grown to be even more numbers and yeah. have been extracted and standardized and uh, so you know exactly what is what is in your in your pill.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So how do you select? So I got these <clears throat> that I got from my doctor
1: mm-hmm.
0: who my blood test and so on I haven't done a poop test for several two years you have to or do so that. I have to do one again <laughs> I will yeah. my first experience was um, that was interesting mm-hmm. because um, I don't want to give too many injuries up in your head but the thing <laughs> that's supposed to catch it yeah does not take that much weight. No. So, uh, so you got to be... when you were
1: actually doing the sample. Yeah. Okay. So
0: uh, you got to be careful. You with had
1: that. you had a lot of fibers today. I, I had a
0: lot of fibers, yeah. but I won't go more into that for the sake <laughs> of the listeners. But uh, I, would, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I would say people listening, it's not that bad to do a test.
1: No. It's actually,
0: no. it's really not that bad. No. It's... And
1: it's yeah you can do you can do it. Yeah. It's Doable. It's it's better the second time, but the first time is a bit. What is this? And it, but,
0: gives, it gives you some interesting data. Yeah. So I got these from my doctor.
1: Mm-hmm. Can
0: you tell me like biotic? That sounds very fancy. Yeah,
1: sounds good, doesn't it?
0: What's What's up with them and like why are they good or why should someone get another pair?
1: So when you um, talk about probiotics, yeah. it's also very, very many different kind of bacteria and yeah. sometimes yeasts. And a bacteria is is um, classified in a way where you say you have the you have the genus and you have the uh, species and you have the strain. So the genus is, for example, let's say *Lactobacillus*. Mm. Um, the species is *Lactobacillus reamnosi*, for example. It could also be *Lactobacillus acidophilus*. That's yes. what people
0: usually. I've seen those names know, before.
1: Right. That's not the strain level. So to be very specific, to know what exact strain because electabacillus remnosus re- could have like a hundred different or a thousand different strains. It could be like remnosus GD or R1 or LLA or mm. it, so the strain level determines um, what kind of like specific bacteria you're, you're dealing with. Yeah. So the first thing to look at is is that specified? Mm. right? And th- then we have bacteria, we have yeast, we also have soil-based bacteria and if we look at this dude here. Then we have actually um, Bacillus coagulans and then you have the strain. So you have the the genus mm-hmm. uh, you have the species, the genus Bacillus in this case. Yeah. You have the uh, species that's um, Bacillus coagulans and then you have the strain. It's a whole lot of numbers and yeah. letters here. So this is strain specified. That's yes. good because what that means is that you can look up the strain. Yeah. You can take the strain and you can Look it up in the research and you can say, okay, that exact strain has been researched in studies, in clinical trials where they've tested uh, a skin disease or an autoimmune disease or mm. IBS or something so like that. So would
0: I, would I take this number and go to PubMed?
1: Yeah, yeah, amongst other, yeah. PubMed or anywhere you find clinical trials, a database yeah. for that. Or now there, there are databases for probiotic, Okay. Uh, I think, Canada has one, and, and uh, the US has one, yeah. where you can actually go in and you can look up your symptom or your disease. Mm. And you can see what strains, like they're very sp- strain specific. Yeah, has been researched for this because if you only had the species, yeah, like if it said lactobacillus or if it said bacillus coagulans and nothing more, you wouldn't really know exactly what's in it because no. it could be like one of several hundred strains, and you also don't know that standardized dose or strain has that been tested in a clinical trial against what you're trying to use it for? Makes sense. So um, so, so that's, it doesn't mean that if you just choose a regular um, broad-spectrum probiotic, it doesn't mean it doesn't work because you could be fortunate and that strain that you need is in there. Mm. But it's a little bit more less or less targeted towards, like, it's a little bit less clinically targeted. It's more like, yeah, maybe I hit it, and but it could be a waste of money. Yeah. So, I would always choose it um, like start with the problem. What's, what, what's the problem? Yeah. Um, what's the clinical condition? Yeah. And then, what do I know of probiotic strains that have been tested and shown effect against this? And there might be several different strains. Sometimes the strains do the same, but the point is that sometimes they do different things. So, Lactobacillus rhamnosus GT and Lactobacillus acidophilus, another strain, could do, might not work against the same thing.
0: Makes sense. makes sense. but then it also depends on what bacteria you have in your stomach, right?
1: Um, <clears throat> sometimes um, yeah. sometimes, but I think it's more important what effect that yeah. bacterial strain has. Yeah. Of course you could have an infection that it needs that it needs to work against or yeah. that could make it less effective yeah. perhaps and you need to remove that infection first or yes. something like that. But I think number one is of course to figure out does your condition match? Yeah. Whatever strains you're trying to uh, to apply. Yeah. And and again, an all around approach could work. Yeah. Um, but it's just not as um, targeted.
0: Yeah. So okay, to select a probiotics, <clears throat> what I'm hearing is, I see different approaches. One thing is looking at all of the different uh, products out mm-hmm. there, finding the strains and so on in the back, mm-hmm. look them all up on PubMed and try and figure it out yourself.
1: I know it's a more complicated way, yeah. but it's it's the more um, it's the it's the more correct or or target way to yeah. do it. Yeah, so that's so, yeah. the one approach.
0: That's one approach. Another approach is find someone that works with this full time, mm-hmm. someone like you or someone else that's Who's done inter- the
1: research and done, yeah. done the yeah. So
0: you don't have to read it. And then another approach is ask for a good brand and hope that it does mm-hmm. what you want, and <laughs> yeah. then kind of close your eyes. True. Uh, and then another approach would be get a microbiome test and then also see
1: yeah so i'm i'm less about the fourth approach with the (laughs) microbiome test i'm I'm doing stool testing yeah it's more to see is there any infections is there any like um opportunistic infections so things that are not per definition pathogenic like disease uh, relating but can still cause symptoms and can still make a slight infection uh, a low-grade infection you could call it uh, because it's just not that straightforward. I wish we could do a microbiome test that says, you're lacking lactobacillus acidophilus here. Yeah. Do a supplement with that. It's just not that straightforward. Mm. At least not what I've seen from the literature so far. You can't just supplement in that way. Nope. You can say, okay, what are these? If you do a stool test and you figure out this person has some infections, for example, mm. um, or has a dysbiosis in some way, has too little of the of the probiotics or the good bacteria, and has too many of the the ones we don't want, too much of yeah um then you can say overall you need to you need to support your beneficial flora yeah and you can even say we need to remove this infection in order to allow your beneficial flora to thrive more yeah um but but you can't unfortunately not yet at least not to what i know of you can't just supplement per strain like from what your microbiome is saying
0: okay good okay.
1: i wish but i i also maybe I, one day.
0: I interviewed sophia Mm-hmm. who uh, is running a microbiome testing company, mm-hmm. stool test. And she also said, like, <clears throat> it was still early days. Yeah. We kind of got an idea, but it's probably more like in a snapshot mm-hmm. that in two or three years we'll know a lot more about.
1: Completely agree. <clears throat> because it is, I mean, what we know now is probably this much from what yeah. there is to know. Um, so we can only, I mean...
0: So two. when a stool test, like, when are they beneficial?
1: Um, when people... I, I think they're beneficial if people have symptoms. It, it, not necessarily just gastrointestinal symptoms, no. but also, you know, any of the other diseases we discussed first that could relate to gut health problems or could relate to a dysbiosis uh, in your gut. Um, I would do a stool test okay. in those cases. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, if you don't have any symptoms at all, or you don't have any clinical conditions you need to treat, I would actually more approach it in a manner of fermented foods mm. because they're like you don't exactly know what you're getting in fermented foods and they can vary from time to time. But there's just a good traditional way to yeah. get it. And if you're not if you're not about to do anything therapeutic, I mean this is therapeutic in a more yeah. uh, in a sense where fermented foods are, are supporting your foundational yeah. um, microbiome health as as long as uh, or as well as fibers, for example. Mm um but but this is more in a therapeutic way so it's not necessarily something you you know now you have to take this forever yeah no, it's 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 something that you're taking because you have a clinical thing to and, take it for
0: so that would be one of the next questions so if you get probiotics from a doctor or a practitioner okay. and so on <clears throat> i talked to one doctor that uh, was just to do it for three months mm-hmm. and then get a new test and then actually stop taking it because then the <clears throat> sorry the balance should be better in the body yeah And then I talked to another doctor that was like, you would do it like a continuous basis and Mm -hmm. not stop taking. Mm -hmm. What's your your take on that?
1: Depends entirely on the individual situation. Because some people would need to take some kind in perhaps half a year or even more. Um, But I often uh, put people, clients on it for uh, X amount of time while we follow up, like to see if there any progress. Do we... uh, I don't always do a retest, because if their clinical symptoms um, improve, yeah, I don't always think it's necessary to, to spend that money on no. it. If they don't improve, and we or something gets worse, or whatever, then of course there's an indication for doing some more testing. Um, but I think it's very individual. Uh, sometimes people need to be, I, sometimes I rotate it. I don't yeah. often use, you know, it's not the same strain I use all the way through if they're in for a, a half a year or a year. I, I rotate it so they're exposed to different strain. And, and, and fortunately, different strains oftentimes has been researched in the cases that I work with at least. Yeah. Um, so for example, just to say these two, I know that the, at least the coagulants has been researched uh, quite a lot against um, or for IBS, irritable okay. bowel syndrome, yeah. bloating, gas, that kind of stuff. And the, the strain on the bottom, I think Immune system, actually, is one of them. Um, probably also some irritable bowel syndrome. Okay. Um, that's just... Interesting to know. So I have
0: psoriasis, that, right? but I don't yeah. have any IBS or anything.
1: No, but psoriasis is correlated to immune system, right? Or <clears> is, is yeah. related to the immune system or dysfunction there. So it might be why you've been recommended yeah. that. I, I haven't checked if the strains has been researched in, in, in psoriasis cases.
0: No, but so I could go myself, look at these, mm. look them up. Mm-hmm. Go to PubMed and what other database would you go to?
1: Oh yeah, I can't remember the exact. Uh, we can put it in the show note notes somewhere. Yeah. I can I can uh, send you the, hmm? the. It's it's I know of two or three databases. Yeah. Um and We're, then PubMed and then there are some other uh, databases within yeah. PubMed you can. You
0: we'll can just know. get them in the show notes. Yeah. So that's super interesting mm-hmm. for people that have the time, and that of are nerdy course. about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even with I mean, I can just say Mm. it's it's uh, perhaps maximum thirty percent of the market is strain specific. Yes. So you will look at a lot of products that are not strain specific, and and also from companies where think where where you think that it's high quality products and they're expensive and. But it's it's I mean, and they could work. Yeah. But I'd rather um, use something specific that I know has been research and, and, and has been tested safe and all these things because it's, it's still bacteria that we're yeah. using so yeah
0: so what are some other recommendations for selecting probiotics
1: um i mean i i, I don't oftentimes people say oh it's very strong or it has a lot of uh, bacteria cfu colonizing forming units in mm-hmm. it i don't i don't um, put as much weight on the amount actually no as much as i do the strains i think yeah. they're more important and and the research has shown effect like down to one billion of a strain and that's quite a little actually. Yeah. Some products have several hundred um, and they can be good as well. Yeah. It's just not as important as the strain level, I think. No. Um, and what else? Um, sometimes they do have some fibers in them. Sometimes mm. they do have uh, some what is called FODMAPs, that's very fermentable fibers. Um, and that's because it's prebiotics. So probiotics, that's the bacteria. Yeah. And prebiotics, that's like the food for the bacteria. So that's fibers. You'll see on probiotic supplements, it says fuss oftentimes or inulin. Um, and that's actually to feed the bacteria that is in the capsule when it gets down. Yeah. And some people, if there's too much of that in it, it could cause some issues for some people that are sort of intolerant to too many of these mm. fermentable fibers, and it differs a bit in the research whether it's called synbiotics because it's a synergy of probiotics and prebiotics together, Makes whether sense. they work better, and whether probiotics itself or actually prebiotics itself works better, and that's also condition related, um, yeah. and but it is sort of I mean it's it's uh, many of the strains will work at the same things, and some will work at specific things, and then a few will work at like only those. Yeah. things At least what we know of now.
0: So one thing that I don't find that convenient with these is mm. that I have to take them uh, 30 minutes before I eat. Yeah. I
1: Why is that?
0: Why can't I just take it together with my there's food? There's
1: really not, according to what the research yeah. I've been through, mm. there's not uh, something where I can say you need to take pro- probiotics with your food or without food or before, okay. 30 minutes before or 30 minutes yeah. after. Or um, we don't really... No, uh, there are some studies I th- think to suggest that when you take it with food, it survives the stomach acid better. Mm. We also know now that dead bacteria can work. I mean, they don't even have to be alive in the capsule to work; they can still do some bypassing things. Um, so, so I, it might be because uh, either because it's just—is it—is it on the bottle? It says so, or no, no,
0: okay, um, it's in Dutch, so um. yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, I, I mean, it might be because it's just a recommendation someone has had good experiences with, but mm. they you know there's a lot of these recommendations, and I think they just um, go a bit around and no one really know where they came from. Yeah. Um, and it might be different with those because those are soil based bacteria. Yeah, that's actually bacteria that usually lives in the soil and not necessarily on uh, vegetables, for example, like when we do fermented foods, there are certain bacteria there these are from soil so it's sort of a different um, classification of bacteria hmm. um, and it might be because someone thinks that's a better way to do it I would take them either or yeah that's what I usually recommend because I don't have any I don't have any um, unless the commercial product is packed in a way where the capsule is yeah. to dissolve better in yeah. some way I wouldn't I wouldn't um, I wouldn't be too concerned about when to no, take him.
0: That makes sense. I talked to another person that's very much into the gut and he said it could be that what you said, the mm-hmm. packaging of right. the pill yeah. would mean that for it to like go through the barrier or something else yeah. into the stomach, <clears throat> you need to take it before the food, otherwise something would happen.
1: And, and they might have made the the capsule yeah. in that way or coded it in a specific mm. way that needs more or less uh, hydrochloric acid in the stomach or something like that.
0: So yeah. I can go translate this from Dutch <laughs> to danish and see if it didn't write that you need to take it before food then i can start taking it together with my other vitamin pills potentially
1: it would have to be about the capsule if, mm. if the recommendation isn't that way i'm sure you could find an english version instead of using google translate for uh <laughs> for translating it
0: that would mm. be nice um i'll have to look into mm. okay so we got probiotics are important you shouldn't just go find some yourself without doing some research. You should at least do some research on what's in them and get them up against the database.
1: At least if you want them to be very efficient. Yeah. I mean, it's not because they do harm as such. No. Um, but if you want them to be efficient, yeah. that's your best approach I think
0: yeah. to do. We definitely want to help people not waste money. Yes. And I know you're also a big fan of food instead of taking pills.
1: Yeah. As long as you can as long as you can do it. Yes, or to to that extent, you can do it. Um, I'm I'm still a fan of supplementing f- um, for whenever you can't do yeah. it via food. So I think it's um, I'd always just do food first. Yeah, but it always ends ends up with, <laughs> <laughs> but then you have to <laughs> to still do some more. Yeah, at least that's that's often the outcome.
0: Yeah, in our modern world. So what are some of the cases that you work with? where you see a difference with probiotics? Were you
1: I work a lot with gastrointestinal things. So irritable bowel syndrome and also some inflammatory bowel diseases or undefined gastrointestinal issues where I really see them make a difference sometimes or oftentimes but also sometimes not. And that might be because we haven't gotten the right cause of the uh, symptoms for example or something else is needed. Maybe they have an infection we need to treat in another way or Maybe they have an intolerance we haven't caught yet, or something like that. Hmm. Um, but that's definitely some of the cases where I see some effect, and and sometimes it's a combination. Um, actually, I think one of the very clear cases where I often see it is is something like constipation. If yeah. it's like severe constipation and severe diarrhea, uh, and 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 also not really uh, it doesn't really matter always what the cause is if it's if it's the irritable bowel syndrome or something else, but. I oftentimes see see them work in those cases. Yeah. Um, but I think often that it's a combination of of course leaving out whatever is your potential intolerance, food intolerance, or something that triggers your condition and then trying to apply these to do some of the good things that probiotics do because mm. it's several. I mean the list is, is long, at least for their potential. Of yeah. course there's a lot we don't know yet, but 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 they have a they have a huge potential yeah. to do good stuff. And I mean, there are always cases where they could do the other way around do you not good or or make you more bloated or make you uh give you more gas or something because it wasn't the right one for you mm. um but it doesn't mean that every probiotic will do that no that's just because they work differently makes sense so you also i mean it's it's sort of a bit the same as vitamins you don't apply vitamin D if you need vitamin k right so so you can you can see it in the same way with probiotics, I think yeah yeah.
0: Got it. Where can people learn more about you? So, you do have a clinic?
1: Yes, I have a Roots Clinic yeah. together with P, as you mentioned, um, and it's here in uh, Copenhagen. on yeah. Hello. We do one on one physical and we yeah. do uh, online as well. And we have a book coming out as well this year. And We're looking forward to, to tell a bit more about that
0: still a secret <laughs> yes. but it's gonna come out
1: it's gonna come out and um and um yeah we do uh, lectures and and different um group yeah. sessions and yeah one-on-one sessions
0: you have on facebook and instagram right
1: facebook and instagram and a website rootsclinic.dk yeah.
0: yeah
1: i guess it will be in the show notes
0: yeah, yeah it will be
1: yeah so uh very easy to and an email of course very yeah. easy to uh to catch on one of these yeah. platforms
0: cool Anything that I forgot to ask you about with probiotics, whether we need to mention? I could talk
1: about it for hours. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the most important thing to know for people is that they're not all the same. Yes. And yes, the process of getting to know exactly which which one you need that could be complex, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. And um, there there are some of the databases that people might use to dig a bit more into it, um, and then um, of course seek information from someone who's done the research already. How
0: do you so if you don't want to do the research yourself, mm-hmm. how do you find a good practitioner? Like what questions should you ask a practitioner to figure out if they really know
1: about specifically about probiotics, for example? Yeah, or if someone um, is helping you. With, I would just ask about the the approach and if the practitioner has has sort of um, taking the approach that's saying what on the bacterial level, what strains are interesting in your case and not yeah. only, what brands do I use or, yeah. you know, because this, this or that brand is a good brand and then their probiotics must be good. Yeah. Uh, if they've taken the 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 you know the approach the other way around, I think that's a good qu- place to start. And do yeah. they actually dig down on a, at least species, but also strain level to see, well, does it match yeah. your condition? That's at least my approach. Then you could categorize them and say, well, there's a lot of strains that works for this condition. Yes, we could put them in a, you know in the same category and 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 there's some other strains that works more for this condition but that's a whole lot of work to yeah. <laughs> to gather those things but but hopefully you know co- some companies have done that and then they formulated a product for something but yeah of course you need to check whether those strains are actually the ones you're you want to have
0: yeah yeah got it before we round off
1: hmm?
0: any last recommendation one two three things for the listeners to live a healthy happy meaningful life three things yeah or one to three
1: one to three okay um healthy happy and wonderful life the first thing that comes to mind is actually something like meditation like to, to have some sort of mindfulness approach yeah in your life because it also relates so much to gut health yeah um, but it relates to so many things in your life and i think in our modern world that it's just important that we sort of get down to basic sometimes and um, it doesn't really matter what kind of approach as mm. long as you have some time where you you know look inwards and cut out all the noise yeah it could be two minutes it could be five minutes it could be two hours whatever just as long as you <laughs> do it do on a daily basis yeah i think another thing will be to of course eat healthy mm. uh, and healthy eat healthy healthy is, is not just a it's a general term but it's also not a general term for because sometimes What's healthy for me is not healthy for you. Yeah. So in that um, in that recommendation would be to like get clear on what is good for you. And do you have a thing you need to look more therapeutically into to, to treat, to get in balance? Mm. Then do that before you can follow a general recommendation for what healthy eating really is, right? Yeah. So look at the things there would be to, to look at or you have to, to look at to get in in balance. Yeah. Um and the third thing is probably laugh and laugh a whole lot and that means you know surround surround yourself with people you can laugh with. yeah, because I think that's I think uh, I think that's a very important point as yeah. well. and I uh, I think it's important to laugh every day if possible uh, of something. yeah and uh, <laughs> so uh, I think you know I could make the list long, but I think that those are very three very good things yeah. So it wasn't even looking at your poop or no. you know to live a happy life, but <laughs> but I'm sure your poop will be a little bit more happy to look at if you uh, if you have those three things.
0: It's interesting how that actually fits into how your poop ends up looking.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: Do you have? I guess you kind of mentioned the meditation, but do you have a habit that you kind of yeah. love to do or that you would love to implement? Uh,
1: I I actually I do meditation daily, and yeah. I i do it oftentimes in the morning Mm. so uh when i wake up i just need to wake up so i don't fall asleep again and then i do some uh, some meditation or or do it um or and or i do it sometimes also when i when i go to sleep again Mm. and if i'm very good have a good day (laughs) i do it uh, sometimes in the middle of the day yeah and it's only like it's 10 minutes um sometimes it's 15 minutes but oftentimes i don't I don't do it in the middle of the day. simply because then I'm in the clinic or I yeah. don't, I don't, I can't say that I don't have the time. I don't prioritize time for it because then, you know, you drown in whatever the daily tasks are. Yeah. So that's why it's just important for me to have that routine when I wake up in the morning, because then I know that's, and I can set a sort of an, you know, an intention for the day mm-hmm. or think about who do I want to be today or not necessarily in a practical sense, but but more in a, um, in a, human sense
0: so is it guided the meditation Uh, yeah
1: i differ a bit sometimes i do headspace sometimes i do calm sometimes i get annoyed that they're talking too much then i do just a clock i set an alarm clock um sometimes i find something on youtube it depends on whether i think okay my head is too stuffed today i need someone to guide me and or if i'm more like had a relaxed day it's okay with just an alarm clock yeah sometimes i need some strict guidance to to not just you know think about the next thing and then I remind myself that it's a practice it's not a you don't have to um, perform Mm. it's a practice so no matter how awful you think you do it that day as long as you do it it's the point in getting back to the breath or whatever your meditation is about yeah so I think that's the most important point because then you don't get disappointed of your own like expectations for how you should perform in your meditation because it is a practice
0: that resonated a lot with me i started meditating for three minutes and then i built Mm -hmm. up to a habit so now i do 15 to 20 minutes a day wow but it was very much like building it up slowly getting it as a habit as the first thing in the morning
1: yeah and And do you feel a difference if like if you do it 10 minutes or 20 minutes
0: i think it's hard to say so it's also when people ask you like do you feel the difference in meditation Mm. it's like Not like I feel that I have more energy and so on, Mm -hmm. but I feel that I don't want to stop meditating. So it's more like I don't want to take that out of my day because it gives me a calm. It gives Mm. me a good start on the day Mm. that I'm kind of ready. (laughs) Open my phone after that, and then see like what emails are coming in, Mm. and then I have more um, more energy, you could say, or balance to to handle the different tasks in an easy way.
1: I think where you would feel it would be if you stopped. Yeah. And then and and it's sort of like it makes sense that to have yourself in those tasks that you're going Mm. to do and not just jump on board in those tasks the first thing in the morning. So it makes sense to like sort of gather yourself first and then, okay, go into the day.
0: I used to wake up when I was a consultant in Deloitte. The first thing I did was turn around, grab my cell phone, open up the emails and started reading (laughs) like what came in. And I realize it's probably like the best day to start. Just give your brain like a few minutes. But for me, that was a way to wake up. Like, yeah. okay, now I have to start yeah. thinking. But I don't think it was the best way. I can definitely see like meditation. Yeah. Just for a few minutes. Yeah, It's a better start.
1: I, I'm a believer in those morning routines. Yeah. Like to get yourself gathered before you um, yeah. before you do. And it, it's, it's it's the same with so me as it is mm. with emails and, and stuff. But uh, it's hard because it's dopamine, right? Yeah. It's right there. Um, but But I think in the long run meditation will uh, and that's the that's the sort of the not the bad thing but the annoying thing about meditation also when you tell other people i, I tell it to clients often it's always on you know on the journal notes that yeah. meditation daily yeah um and, and i think it's annoying when you when you you know how people will feel like the first three four weeks people you'll be like i don't feel i don't feel a thing from this I mean, yeah what what is this doing nothing and then you know when you get you know over that point you start to like actually feel like I couldn't be without this now. Yeah. Um, And just know that feeling will come, but you need to be persistent, like do it every day in those, in those weeks for it to come. Um, But it's hard to explain that. Yeah. To, to people that feeling that you'll get
0: but that was my experience as well that's why i so many times stopped meditating again because mm. it's just like i don't get enough out of it no like i just waste <laughs> i just waste time i'm just sitting there like, like yeah. what the hell okay yeah. i'm thinking i'm breathing <laughs> yes exactly like 10 yeah. minutes after I was like this was a waste of time i could have had on the app instead <laughs> yes. but i think yeah. after like i was like okay i gotta try and turn into a habit for a longer time yeah. and now i'm like i don't want to be without
1: it. no exactly
0: that's so, what happens yeah all right tina Thank you so much for the time.
1: Thank you for the invitation.
0: It's good to have you on.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of
0: Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.